It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey, 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 happy Saturday and congratulations on making it this far. Uh, I know for me, I don't know how your week was. Mine was madness. And I do mean madness. There was Gutfeld. I did Tucker. I was on Harris Faulkner, uh, Kennedy, Fox and Friends first at four in the morning, Cavuto, my show. I mean, stand-up comedy at night. We were just getting back from Tampa. I really, I mean it. You know, people are like, hey, when do you sleep? I, listen, I'd love to be able to answer the question. The answer is never. Uh, not even right now on a Saturday. I'm banging out the game ball because that's what we do, baby. Uh, but don't feel bad for me, man. My life is incredible. And if you're tuning in on a Saturday, that means you're one of the key core components of it being incredible. So seriously, thank you. Uh, really, I do mean that. And I, and I hope it comes through the sincerity uh, because I mean it. I hope it doesn't sound like I rehearsed it three times because, to be clear, I only rehearsed it twice. I kid, stop it, shut up. Uh, a lot of jokes, a lot of silliness this week. But there was one very, very, very serious guest who, in all honesty, was probably one of the funniest interviews of the week, too. We had so many laughs uh, with the great Alex Hogan. And what you need to know about Alex Hogan is she is a Fox News foreign correspondent traditionally stationed in London who had been over in Ukraine and Poland covering the war and the refugee crisis. Uh, she returned to America this week literally for one day and, of course, had the good sense to come by Fox across America, mainly because back in the day you don't know this, but in another life when I was the head writer for Kennedy and Alex Hogan was just getting here as a reporter, we used to be the first people in the door every morning. And I would see her on the 20th floor and we would just kind of make, you know, little silly chit chats about the world, usually about a minute worth of conversation and off she'd go. Uh, who knew that two years later uh, we'd reunite on the air with her being a big decorated foreign war correspondent and me being, uh, you know, one of the fastest growing radio shows in the country. If we're talking about my body weight, uh, it was quite a comeuppance for both of us. And it was an honor to be a part of it. And uh, it is a high honor to get to share it again with you. So happy Saturday. Here's your game ball. I mean, haven't you seen enough chaos without having to come to New York? <laughs> You're just addicted now. It is a different city coming, but it feels great to be well, back in New York. Well, it's, it's just busy constantly, yeah. the city that never sleeps. It's great. If you like the energy of New York, it's mm. amazing. Yes. But my favorite thing about being in New York is there's two types of drivers, okay, that I'm, I'm fascinated with. There's a guy who used to drive a cab. You can always <laughs> look in a crowded intersection and see a guy who's driving in New York for the first time. Because he's very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. He's like, what's going on? There's too much chaos, sensory overload. Stopping but, for yes. everyone trying to cross <laughs> yeah, the street. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> They're not doing that thing where if you want to be a good driver in New York, you have to actively try to commit vehicular homicide. <laughs> because that's the rhythm of the road. You know, I, I can tell you this as a cab driver, that if I didn't run a red light, I would have gotten rear-ended by a cop. <laughs> because they expected you to. And they weren't going to pull you over for it. You have to know the culture of driving here. It is a weird place for mm -hmm. sure. But unlike other places I've been to, if you've ever been to cities in Vietnam, Hanoi, places like that, you have to trust that they are not going to hit you as yeah. a pedestrian you just walk right out into the middle of traffic and trust and if you stop <laughs> and if you doubt you will get hit a very different city well there's a, you know we always use the term hope is not a strategy but apparently in some places <laughs> it is apparently in some places it is well I, I always like the guy driving to new york for the first time there's also a guy if you look closely next time you see traffic you'll spot a guy who's driving in new york 
for the last time. Yes, And he that will. guy's a great guy because <laughs> he's very animated. He's got a lot to say to the people in the car. Yes. It was your idea to come into a play. And now he's yelling at his wife. And you know they're leaving New York and it's not been a good night. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. <laughs> and when they get out of the garage, they owe like $427 for like two hours of parking. Or they're sitting in the car crying because yeah. of that. Now, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Ukraine makes sense to me now. Now, now your work uh, makes sense to me. Yeah. It is heroic stuff. We Thank were all you. everybody back here watching and rooting for you. Um, but it's it's such insane chaos. But I wanted to start here. What is okay? Because the war is almost approaching eighty days. It's yeah. gone on a lot longer than I think anyone thought it would, including Putin. Yeah. What is morale? You know, in Ukraine, obviously they've done better from a military standpoint than we thought, but at the same time been physically decimated in a lot of ways. Where are they emotionally? Well, emotionally, I think the best way for people at home to really put yourself in this perspective is think of a time you've been incredibly tired. Mm -hmm. Now, magnify that, draw that out for months on end and think of another time when you've been in such deep pain, whether it's the loss of a loved one, having to say goodbye to a friend or losing your job and now stretch that out for months months on end and then sitting in that. So there's so much anger and so much pain and it's been so long lasting. And and as journalists, we're able to go there and tell these stories, but we get to leave. We get to go home. And thankfully I've been home for about a week now, Mm -hmm. but other people cannot. That's something they have to live with. And as you said, people thought this would end weeks and months ago. And it's a completely different reality. It really is. Like in a lot of ways, the Ukraine war is like this radio show. People thought it would be over in two days, and here we are all this time later. Like, wow, what is going on? I don't even get it. Uh, but it is. It's heavy, and I've watched so much of your individual reporting. Like, I watched you when you were in Poland, and mm. you're dealing with such an unprecedented level of refugees and stuff. Do you almost feel – because I find myself emotionally – I really get sucked into other people's situations. Yeah. Do you find yourself trying to offer them some type of hope or silver lining? What do you What do? You do? Off oh, camera. I've seen you on camera. Definitely. What's it like? You can't, you can't interview someone, and then immediately the second the camera yeah. – goes off just walk away i mean Mm -hmm. as a human technically you could but you'd have to be pretty cold to do that you'd have to be a sociopath and also you're not going to be able to tell someone's story to the same depth and Mm -hmm. do it as much justice if you don't get more of a background so i would usually sit with someone before interviewing them on camera get to hear their story a little bit ask them is it okay if we share this on tv get their story and then just sit with them for a little bit and often that would be conversations where they just needed someone to cry to or they needed someone to listen and someone who wasn't entrenched in it themselves and get to ration with me and ask, like, can you imagine that this is really taking place? Yeah. And that's all people want at the end of the day is to be able to talk to someone. My, I, you know, I would, I would agree with that a thousand percent. And a lot of people don't realize I, I learned this driving a cab, the talking. The talking, it's so tremendously important. Mm -hmm. People need to process what they're going through. Of course, people could see a therapist, but also in the moment, you just need that human connection, especially if you've been on the road, if you haven't slept. Mm -hmm. You just need – there's a reason that we as social creatures are constantly around our family, around friends, on social media, listening to radio. Mm -hmm. You need that connection. People a, in these environments do, too. No, it's a really good point, and it's so true, uh, you know, in any circumstance. Alex Hogan is in studio. She's back in the mainland for, for the time being. She did a little West Coast swing, saw the parents. I did. Headed out to Ukraine. It's crazy. What I hope from all your reporting is I, I always watch it, and I hope on some level that people here just gain perspective. Yeah. Like, I mean, you realize coming back to America, like, we have it so good. We do. And, we just It's important to yeah. really realize that and try yeah. to be as grateful as possible. Of course, yeah. everything is relative, mm-hmm. and that's also important to realize, too. Mm-hmm. I think there can be this juxtaposition of thinking, 
look how horrible of conditions it is in places like Ukraine right now in a war, mm-hmm. and look how good we have it. Is it selfish for us to enjoy these things? Mm-hmm. And I would say no to that. I yeah. think it's important when things are good to really appreciate them and to remember, mm-hmm. go out to dinner, open that bottle of champagne, enjoy the good when you have it too. Thank you. I need to bring you down to HR after this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain away a couple of my expense reports from the last few weeks. Uh, Ms. Hogan here would like to speak in behalf of the defense. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. I say it a lot. I say we're all in the happiness business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. You're not going to wish you spent more time being miserable. But, you know, in a very difficult situation, I wanted to ask you this. Is there any indication in Ukraine that, you know, maybe as a means to ending this, do they want to concede some kind of territory to Putin or is their resolve such that you get nothing? No, I think at this point, especially seeing how the government has responded Mm -hmm. by standing firm and not leaving and politicians have stayed and they are fighting and seeing that courage, people there who are citizens who are taking up arms and fighting themselves or finding ways to support their country. At this point, it's become so deeply personal and that patriotism that there's no chance they want to give up any inch of territory. I think it's it's really brave to see that. In, In a weird way. I mean, I'm not the one fighting the battle, so. So, you know, I, I want to be responsible in saying this, but in a weird way, I understand because you're rewarding aggression. Yeah. And I, if you give I up think you land. could probably picture both sides. Right. Yeah. It would be mm-hmm. easy to see that people would want the fighting to end two weeks ago. So yeah. let's give up territory. But on the other hand, that that pride mm-hmm. and, and having that sense of I'm not, I'm not giving up anything to you after yeah. everything you put me through. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think at this point, what I feel like we're all watching play out is like it's a it's a, almost an ego battle for Putin. Yeah. In that this is embarrassing to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. but he clearly seems to be selling it at home like this is going well or this is. Yeah, you know. well, his approval ratings are up. Well, the thing about polling people at gunpoint, Alex, exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah. little misleading. You yeah. know, you think our polls are shaky, but we're talking to Alex Hogan, uh, who, of course, also does spend a great deal of time over in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this with the Queen's Jubilee coming up. Uh, who hates who more? <laughs> Ukrainians, Putin. Or uh, British commoners and Meghan Markle? Oh, I definitely am going to have to go with the latter. Or the first, of course. The first, the first. Well, the responsible um, answer is Putin. But can we dive in a little deeper? It's just you and me now. Mikey, turn the mics off. Um, no, I do think that there is there is definitely one within the country. There's a group of people who are royalists, who mm-hmm. adore every single part of the tradition of this. And there's also people who don't necessarily buy in and who don't love all of the fanfare as much and think that that money should go to a different place. So there's also those two perspectives, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of back and forth and push on, on what has taken place within the Royal family, especially when we're talking about Andrew and everything that that has been in the tabloids concerning the sexual assault scandal uh, that took place. So there has been a lot of negative press when it was supposed to be a year that was just celebrating the Jubilee this yeah. year, marking 70 years of her being on the throne. I feel like they're doing the queen dirty a little bit right now, personally, right? There's and a it, lot of talk, and I think especially for people who are deep-seated royalists, they are so angry that that's what's in yeah. the press. And those are the conversations as opposed to the fact that we're talking about a woman in her 90s who has still been on the throne and meeting with a prime minister every single week I mean, at that you, age. Yeah, you really think about what a bad as she is. Think, I mean, you just go through the lineage of American presidents she's hung out with. I was looking at all of the life events that have yeah. taken place, not just since she's been alive, but just since she's been in this one yeah. job, this one role. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see. It would be incredible if she could write a book. I know that that is not part of 
how the Royals operate. It's got to be <laughs> remarkable to see the journey that someone has lived. Well, absolutely. And I, I think one of the one of the adjustments they've probably had to make is like there was a time where they could put stories to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the Royals. And if yeah. you know you report this, we're never going to talk to you again. And people wanted that access. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird now because they don't have that. Like she's kind of in a weird uncharted water now. They do to a certain extent. There's okay. definitely still a very deep seated respect for Buckingham Palace and for having that relationship and the trust with the queen with the royal family. Uh, and I do think that that's just something that you would never see here in the States. It's a very different tradition. It's a different mm-hmm. culture. Uh, and it's it's interesting to be over there and live there and see all of that. Yeah. Even small things like news agencies need to have black suits and black dresses oh, no, that's funny. in the office just uh-huh. in the event of any kind of, of royal fatality. Well, I want to ask you this, Alex Hogan, who is back in America, by the way. Morale is high on the show. It's a, it's a big <laughs> deal. Um you know, we always hear those stories about how, like, the queen has moves. Like, if she's in mixed company and she, like, raises her arm bag, like, you know, people just drag her out of the conversation or someone gets thrown into the mode or whatever. Does Alex Hogan, when you're socializing in London, do you have moves? Do I have moves like, like if that? you touch your left earring, does someone get, like, <laughs> no, I should. thrown I down should. a flight of stairs? How does um, this work? <laughs> I don't. I feel like overall I'm, I'm a pretty happy person. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you did say off the air you want to start a puppy farm. I did. I did. So if that doesn't tell you a little bit about who I am, <laughs> then, then it should. Um, but, no, I, I, don't, I don't have any of those, I think. Mm-hmm. Overall, I try to pick my, my friends, my close people wisely and mm-hmm. people who – are happy and, and yeah. interesting and passionate about what they do, and that tells so much about a person. If you're passionate about what you fill your time with, and that makes you more interesting and more fun to be around as well. Think about this, okay? We're writing a great self help book, by the way. Mm, we, we, no, are. No, we really are. We really are. We got to slap your we name on it. We touched on therapy, we, we picking did, your people, the queen, puppies, the all puppies. Of the best things. But to the point of positive energy, you know what, Alex? <laughs> Everyone you talk to that promises themselves if they get like super rich, they're going to open a puppy farm. <laughs> they are doing it because the dogs bring so much positive energy. Yeah, so it is, Europe, and I guess that's the best thing uh, we could tack on to this conversation is that you should be surrounding yourself with dogs. <laughs> they have, listen, they have better hygiene than most people in radio, <laughs> so I can't even shoot this down. Uh, but you should. You should be surrounding yourself by positive energy at all times. And if I'm you're sure. watching this Ukraine coverage and coverage you've so brilliantly brought us, uh, that should be the perspective everybody comes away with at the very least. And that's something that is very easy for people at home to do. Anyone yeah. could do that. There's constantly people that we talk about that might bring us either it's toxic energy or you might just go home and feel stressed out. It's really easy to look at yourself and think, I've got this one life. Who do I want to spend my time with? Am I the kind of person who's bringing positivity to other people or am I the person who's bringing the stress as well? And that's important. That's a great point. I think we just took over for Ellen. So we got to (laughs) go. We're leading a dance number with all the ladies in the lobby. It's going to be great. I I got a lot of faith in you. Oh, and that is going to do it. Uh, Listen, man, I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. She was in studio for it. Uh, It's always a blast. Uh, to get to you know be be around people's energy and kind of bounce off each other and have some jokes and uh, for me it really was the best uh, interview of the week it, with all due respect to the incredible guests Dave Landau was on fire this week Lincoln was great on Monday uh, Uncle Ted Nugent Ted Quarters called in I mean there was such madness Kennedy was great everybody was awesome this week Shannon Bream on Monday coming back half in the bag from the Kentucky Derby unforgettable but I really the Alex Hogan one. 
to just bring the humanity out of Ukraine and the people over there and the people reporting on them. It was cool. It was actually one of the cool things we do on this show, which is really bring things to life. So thank you for being a part of that, man, because the show only grows because of people like you who appreciate that. So, all right, I'll get out of here before I sing Wind Beneath My Wings, uh, but the show is over. I will see you Monday. It's going to be a banger, girlfriend. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.